Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's transfer tips for game week 18. So as always, I'm going to go through some of the popular players being moved in and out of people's squads and discuss whether they are good moves or not. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and make sure to check out Fancy Football Hub. All the links you need to get signed up are in the description below. And at the moment, they got 30% off and a 30-day free trial. So give it a go and see what you think. Otherwise, let's jump into it. So let's start off with Darwin Nunez, a player who's been extremely frustrating from an FPL point of view, especially if you bought him in recently because he's blanked for like four game weeks in a row. And I think, actually, that's not that's not strictly true. He got the assist against Sheffield United off the bench, but he also got a yellow card and finished on like three points. So he didn't technically blank, but he basically did. So it's been less than ideal if you've owned him recently. He hasn't been great, and I fully get why people want to sell him. And as an owner, I've been trying to think of reasons to hold on to him. And I don't really have too many. I think if you're set up in a squad like mine, where you've got eight attackers and you can bench him, then he's not a must-sell or anything like that. But I think sooner rather than later, he probably is going to have to go. I think it all really comes down to which striker or which forward you want to buy. Because there's some that are okay this week, but some of them you won't want to buy until game week's 19 or 20. And therefore, he might be worth holding on to. So I think he's definitely sellable. I just don't think he's at the point where you need to get rid of him at all costs. I think going forward, he should start against Arsenal. Liverpool have got a Carabao Cup fixture against West Ham, I think it is, before game week 18. So if he doesn't start that, you can be assured, or pretty much sure, that he's going to start against Arsenal, which isn't a great fixture, but at least you know he's going to get minutes in a game week where some players are going to blank. The problem is that Burnley game is quite quick after Arsenal. So you're in that situation where if he starts 18, which is 23rd of December, he probably doesn't start 19, which is the 26th of December. Gakpo will probably start instead. So keep an eye on the minutes because if he starts Carabao Cup, he might miss Arsenal and then start Burnley. So I think that's why I wouldn't put him in a position where you've just got to get rid of him. You might be able to keep him for a couple more game weeks and then decide what you want to do. But in terms of returns, 
I mean, look, I still think there's a good player there. The underlying numbers are decent. And I know it's not all about expected goals. You don't need to tell me. Plenty of people already do that. Um, and he has got four goals, seven assists this season. So it's not like he hasn't returned. But I just think he's one of those players that really frustrate FPL managers and they find it hard to hold on to him for too long. And I'm kind of in that position myself. I guess moving forward, around game week's 21, Salah's going to go to African Cup of Nations and he might miss a few games after that. Who's going to take penalties when that happens? It might only be for a few games, but if Liverpool get one, someone else is going to have to take it. Could it be Sobersly? Could it be McAllister? They got good records. I don't think it's completely out of the question that it could be Darwin. So maybe that's a slight bonus for him. But I think in terms of minutes, it's not really going to change that much. I think someone like Harvey Elliott, possibly Jota will play on the right. And we already know Nunez is first choice number nine anyway. So I don't think the minutes are going to go up massively. So I don't think there's a huge reason to hold on to him. So then it just comes down to replacements. Now, with the forwards, I think if you haven't got Watkins and you'd always, or sorry, you'd already planned to sell Darwin to Watkins this week, I can't really see any reason not to do that unless you've got loads of money and you want to upgrade your third forward instead. But Darwin to Watkins is such an obvious move if you don't own him. If you haven't got Solanke, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a bad move, right? Forest away, Fulham at home. And depending on what happens with Bournemouth and Luton, they could have a double game week later on. I don't want to get into that too much because that's not a guarantee. We still haven't heard from the Premier League, but it's a possibility it could happen and happen soon enough. So I still think he's a good option, but it doesn't look quite as good as when you bought him for Luton at home because after Forest away and Fulham at home for Bournemouth, it spurs away Liverpool at home, West Ham away. So a little bit trickier, but overall, I think if you want Solanke long-term, that is also a good option. But after that, I think it gets quite tricky to pick up a forward this week. Like, no one wants to buy Hoyland or someone from West Ham. Jimenez is obviously suspended for Fulham. You could go for Wilson if Izak is still out. But once Izak is back, those two become a bit of a rotation concern again. Nottingham Forest, no forwards there. Same for Spurs. Um, Liverpool, obviously, you're selling Nunez. You could go for Jesus, I guess. I just feel like there's better spots to use your three arsenal on but i don't i don't hate the jesus pit because i think arsenal's fixtures coming up are not too bad liverpool away west ham at home fulham away palace at home bit of a differential you could look at him and then you've got wolves and chelsea most people aren't going to buy nicholas jackson unless you really need the money to go for someone like Cunha. you're probably not going there either so i think buying a forward this week that's not watkins or solanke unless we get injury news about wilson or Isaac, is actually quite tricky so i think the forward that most people should be looking to sell him to is Alvarez, but obviously he blanks this week. But if he's uh, sorry, so then you could delay the move until 19 or 20 if Harlan is still out, or if you've sold Harlan like I have, Darwin Nunez is probably your route back to him. So I fully get why managers are frustrated with Nunez, but I think holding on to him this week is not really that bad of a plan unless you don't have Solanke or Watkins already in your team, in which case I think it's a pretty good move. But I just think at the moment, while there's a lot of money to go around, if you sold Haaland again, I have to keep reiterating that, then having someone like him on the bench is not that bad. Like, it's not any worse than having someone like Cameron Archer. So, yeah, I will probably be selling soon, but I'm going to wait and see what happens with the Man City situation because I've already got Solanke and Watkins. You might be in a different position. So let's stick to forwards and talk about Alexander Rizat next because he's been another player in FPL that has frustrated recently. A few blanks, then he wasn't even in the squad. He seems to be carrying an injury too. So in some ways, he's even worse to have in your squad than Darwin Nunez. At least Darwin is playing, even if he's not getting returns. Um, the good news is 
Newcastle have a Carabao Cup fixture against Chelsea before the game week 18 deadline. I believe that's on Tuesday evening. So you can wait before you make any moves. And if Isaac is in the squad and gets minutes off the bench, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to start against Luton, but he might get minutes there. And then hopefully you get even more against Nottingham Forest because they are two pretty good fixtures on paper. And I guess in terms of replacements, it's exactly the same as the Darwin conversation. Solanke and Watkins, fine. Everyone else, maybe not quite so great to bring in in game week 18. So I think if there's any indication that he might get even 30 minutes off the bench against Lou, and he might be worth holding on to, depending on how your squad is set up. But of course, if you don't want to risk that, you can sell him this week unless you get anything positive from the Carabao Cup game or from Eddie Howe. The thing I would kind of take note of, or just a reminder, I guess, and this isn't a Newcastle-specific thing, but you're not going to hear from many managers before the Game Week 18 deadline because it's on Thursday, and the only game on Thursday is Palace versus Brighton. So we should hear from Hodgson and Deserby on Wednesday. So we'll hear from them, and Aston Villa versus Sheffield United is on Friday. So we should get press conferences from both those managers on Thursday. So for anyone waiting for Aston Villa news around Pau Torres, etc., we should hear from Unai Emery on Thursday afternoon before the deadline. But everyone else, you're probably not going to hear from until Friday. So any information they give us is going to be useless from an FPL point of view, and that includes Newcastle. So your decision on Isaac basically needs to be made on what Eddie Howe says before and after that match in the Carabao Cup and how many minutes he gets there. I think if he gets minutes off the bench, great. If he's not in the squad, that probably means he is a sale sooner rather than later, maybe even this week. Just on the injury right now, because there was a press conference before the Carabao Cup game, um, Eddie Howe said, uh, Isaac has a problem with his groin. He had a scan last week. It is not a big problem, which is good news. It is minor, probably more fatigue than anything. And I think a lot of Newcastle players are going through this. They just need a bit of a break. Um, it is enough for us to need to monitor him and be careful with him. So, it's good news that it's not a big issue, but obviously it is something they're concerned about. And that's why I'm saying how many minutes he gets against Chelsea could could decide what you do with him from an FPL point of view. I mean, just quickly going back through those forward options again, if you had to sell him this week, you could go to... I'm not even sure where you go outside of Watkins and, and Solanke, to be honest. I mean, you could take a punt on Cunha against Chelsea at home and just have that cheap forward going forward uh, yeah going forward maybe on your bench in some games but playing this week i feel like i'm probably missing someone but i really don't know like hoyland for man united you probably just don't want to buy man united players right now mateta for crystal palace it's just not that exciting i mean evan ferguson and Jao pedro are players that you could look at but how many times have we been here with Jao pedro and it's just not he just doesn't get enough minutes like he's not going to start all the games over christmas the only I guess slight positive is there's no Europe and the gaps between games are quite good for Brighton. So they play Thursday and they don't play till the following Thursday. So they've got a whole week off between matches. Not many teams have that. And then they play on the 28th of December in game week 19, the 2nd of January in game week 20. So there is a possibility Thursday to Thursday to Tuesday, the Jao Pedro could get at least two starts, maybe three. But I tell you now, you need to be a certain kind of FPL manager to buy him. And if you're going to panic as soon as he gets benched, just don't get him. Go somewhere else. So I think forwards are really tough to bring in this week. So if you've got Isaac, my preference would probably be to hold him. Again, unless you don't have Solanke or Watkins, in which case it's an easy move. Some people are probably, just to end on uh, the Isaac bit, some people are probably going to say, why not Wilson? 
And I think in the short term, he could be good. If you wanted to go Isaac to Wilson, great. The problem is if Isaac feels okay and they monitor him and they think he can play, then they'll probably take that opportunity to rest Wilson as well because they want to keep him fit moving forward. And that's just my problem. I think, he, I think Isaac and Wilson, when they're both fit, for FPL are just not options. But as a short-term move for Luton and uh, Forrest, going for Wilson might not be the end of the world. But I do think you're going to have to use another transfer on him sooner rather than later. So Kulisevsky is very popular ahead of game week 18. Nearly 100,000 transfers in already following his 14-pointer against Nottingham Forest in game week 17. And I get why people like him. From a minutes perspective, you've got no problems whatsoever. FPL Salah actually put up a question yesterday on Twitter asking which midfielder have played the most minutes this season. And Kulisevsky was the answer, which I think will surprise a lot of um, people. It definitely surprised me. So that's not an issue. And I think he has been playing well in this more central position. I think he's like an advanced eight, almost like a number 10 at times. Uh, and Brennan Johnson on the right, Son on the left, and Richarlison through the middle lets him do that. Although, interestingly, both returns against Forrest came when he was on the right. There was the cross for Richarlison's goal, and in the second half, he was already playing on the right because uh, I think it was Skip had to come on for Brennan Johnson, who had to go off. I'm trying to remember what happened in that game. So, I think playing central, he has looked good, but he's obviously shown in that game he can still get returns off the right. The problem for me... Is he 7.1 million? So he's more expensive than Richarlison. And the underlying numbers just don't really add up and tell me that he's going to keep getting returns. I mean, 4.53 points per match this season is not bad. But I think you can do better with your midfield spots, right? I think there's four or five other midfielders that are better. And I think there's a better option from Spurs specifically, right? So Kulisevsky's numbers this season, 0.15 expected goals per 90, 0.23 expected assists, which I mean, it's okay, and the fact he's always on the pitch is a good thing. But if I look on, let me just take a look on here on um, Fantasy Football Hub. So this is their Opta stat section. As always, you want to check this stuff out, links in the description below. And Richardson's numbers are 0.52 expected goals per 90 and 0.09 expected assists. So he's far more likely to get you a goal. And those numbers are decent. Again, he's a player, I think, a bit like Nunez, that if you own him, he does always feel a bit more frustrating when he blanks. But he has got three goals in the last two. And when Song goes to the Asia Cup, he's going to continue playing through the middle. And he might do that anyway because he's playing well at the moment. And also, when Song goes, someone else has to take penalties. And I think unless Madison is fit, Richarlison is probably next in line. And Richarlison only costs 6.7 million. So he's 0.4 million less. He may take penalties when Son is out. Or it's not out, but not available because of the Asia Cup. And his goal threat is just higher anyway. So I think Kulisevsky is one of those players that's great in real life. I'm sure Spurs fans are super happy they got him, especially for the price that it was. But I think from FPL point of view, there's just better midfielders to go for, including from his own team. So I don't mind him as a transfer in. But I think if I was going for someone right now at that price point from Spurs, it'd probably be Richarlison instead. So no midfielder has more transfers in this week than Cole Palmer after his 14-pointer against Sheffield United. And at this stage, I just don't really have anything negative to say about him, apart from the yellow card situation, which I'll come on to in a minute. He just looks like an all-round great FPL pick that will only cost you 5.6 million. Even outside of penalties, he's putting up 0.21 expected goals per 90, 0.28 expected assists. And for a player that only costs 5.6, they are good numbers. And he has penalties on top as a bonus. His minutes are looking really good. He's played 390 minutes in a row. Even Sterling came off before him against Sheffield United. Now, that might just mean 
that Palmer gets a little bit of a rest over the next couple of game weeks and gets subbed a bit earlier. But the minutes are good. And even though you've missed the Sheffield United at home fixture, you've got Wolves away, Palace at home, Luton away, Fulham at home next four. It's Liverpool away in 22, and then Wolves at home in 23. So five of the next six game weeks are decent. You expect him to keep starting. The only player that can disrupt things at Chelsea now is Nkunku. Now, I don't think Nkunku's going to go and play on the right, but obviously him as an extra attacker for Pochettino to choose from might change things around a little bit, that even if Palmer doesn't get benched, he might get brought off a little bit earlier. He might have his penalties taken off him. But I think even in that situation, at that price, he's still a great option. I also don't think it's a guarantee that he loses penalties anyway. So not really any negatives to say. Just on the yellow card situation, he's on four. So one more over the next couple of games, and he will be suspended for one match. Now, the threshold goes up to 10 yellow cards once your team has played 19 matches. So for Cole Palmer, if he gets through Wolves in 18 and Palace in 19 without a yellow card, he'd then need 10 to get suspended. He'd be six away from that, so it would take ages for that to happen. Um, so I, I wouldn't completely disregard it, but I think the risk with the yellow card situation is getting a little bit less because there's fewer matches they've got to get through. The thing to do is work out what happens to your squad if he gets suspended over the next couple of games, can you handle that? Do you have players on the bench you can play instead? Because I think when he get, does get suspended, he's not going to be someone that you want to transfer back out of your team necessarily. So if you bring him in against Wolves and he's suspended for Palace, how much does that put a dent into your plans, right? Whatever you wanted to do in game week 19. Like for me, for example, I'm fully aware that he could get suspended, but every one of my other players, apart from maybe Darwin, should start as long as they're fit. So even if I had to play Darwin for one week and just bench Palmer, that wouldn't be the end of the world. You'd have to look at your own squad and decide whether you can cope with that as well. Just the other thing to quickly touch on, this is more of a don't fall into this trap kind of discussion. And I've been here before. The player that sticks out in my mind is Jamie Vardy. So there's a few things to consider. One, some of us got him at 4.9. You're now having to pay 5.6. That sometimes puts people off buying players. It really shouldn't. The other thing people might be waiting for is his points to reflect his price. So there'll be that thinking that he cannot keep this up for 5.6 million. But ultimately, he's got the penalties, he's got the minutes, and he's got the underlying stats. There's every chance he can keep this up. And he probably should be priced more like seven, uh, six and a half, seven million is probably a fairer price based on other players' prices this season. So don't fall into that trap that he can't keep it up. I think if you were starting fresh from this week and you were looking at what's happened recently you would just say he's a good option and the other thing is people will be worried that he's going to blank as soon as they bring him in and you've got to try and forget about that that might happen but i think all you can do is make good decisions and if you've got a spare midfield slot and you need someone under six million he is in my opinion the one to go for and that's all there is to it. If he then blanks for four game weeks in a row, that is a little bit unlucky, especially with the fixtures they've got. So hardly anything negative to say about him. Watch out for the yellow cards. Outside of that, I think he's great. So I want to talk about Kyle Walker and Man City's defense because he's been sold by over 50,000 FPL managers this week. And I kind of get it right. The clean sheets haven't been there recently. They're blanking in game week 18. But, and this is more of a general point on Man City players, they do have really good fixtures after the blank. So if you've carried them this far and you can get out a full 11 this week, they might be worth holding on to because after they come back from the Club World Cup and hopefully obviously their players don't get injured and stuff like that, they've got Everton away in 19, 
which to be fair might be quite difficult to keep a clean sheet at the moment but the stats for man city are still pretty decent then you've got Sheffield United at home in 20, great fixture. Newcastle away in 21, bit more difficult. Then it's Burnley at home in 22 and Brentford away in 23. And then after that, I'll just double check because I can't remember whether they continue to be good. So after game week 23, you've got Everton at home in 24, Chelsea at home in 25, Bournemouth away in 26. I would say overall from 19 to 26, it's a pretty good fixture run. And I was looking up the expected goals conceded for this season and Man City still sits second behind Arsenal. So I know the clean sheets haven't been there. It's been extremely frustrating owning their players. They haven't kept a clean sheet since Man United away back in game week 10. But everything kind of points to that changing, hopefully soon, for anyone that owns them. So I don't, I, I definitely don't begrudge anyone selling Man City players this week, especially defenders. especially And, and also because they're over 5 million, right? But I think if you can get away with it this week, they are worth holding on to moving forward. And there is still a small chance that they could double in game week 21. Now, that double game week wouldn't be quite so good as in game week 20 because it would be Newcastle away and Brentford at home. But I think if that happens, people will be flocking to get three Man City players in their squad. It's not a guarantee that the double will happen. But Pep did say that they might go away for training, but they're not sure whether they're going to have to play Brentford in January the Premier League haven't announced it so there are obviously conversations ongoing about the possibility of that happening and if it does you're going to want those Man City players so if you've got Kyle Walker or Alvarez or Foden or someone like that again no arguments really against selling them if you need to especially if you need to get out 11 players this week but very soon after the blank not only have they got good fixtures they might have a double game and you're probably going to want them back so all I'm saying is be really careful about selling them. I'm sat here with no Man City players, so I am by uh, sorry, I am not saying they're absolutely essential, but if you've already got them, it's a slightly different conversation. So it was another two goals from Mohamed Kudus at the weekend. He's been brilliant for West Ham since they brought him in. Great for FPL too, especially recently. And I was looking at the returns. So he's been available for West Ham since game week four. And between game weeks four and nine, he didn't get a start, just minutes off the bench, and he scored one goal, which was against Newcastle in game week eight. He got his first start in game week 10 against Everton, played 90 minutes, and he started every game since then. And he's got uh, four goals and three assists in that time. So seven attacking returns between game weeks 10 and 17. So on paper for 6.7 million, he looks like a good option. Would I bring him in this week? Absolutely not couple of reasons for that. The main one is African Cup of Nations. I do think the next three fixtures for an attacker aren't too bad for West Ham. I think Arsenal away in game week 19 is difficult because they're the best defence in the league at the moment. But Man United are home in 18 and Brighton are home in 20 are okay. But after that, game week 21, Sheffield United away, Bournemouth at home, game week 22. He's definitely going to miss Sheffield United because he's going to go away for African Cup of Nations. And depending on how far he gets, he might also miss Bournemouth. So on paper, the two best fixtures for West Ham, he may miss both of them. So I don't think he's so good that he's worth a transfer in and then a transfer back out. The underlying numbers are not great either. 0.19 expected goals per 90, 0.16 expected assists. For what it's worth, I do think he's a better player than that. I, I do really rate him. And I think for 6.7 million, he, he could have been worth a punt if he wasn't going away. And again, if you already own him, Great, you've got loads of returns. You're not looking to get rid of him for the next three game weeks. But for someone fresh bringing him in now, I just don't think it's worth it. I would look elsewhere. And I know this seems a bit kind of knee-jerky because he's just returned a few goals in the last couple of games. 
But I think for a similar price point, like I would just go for a Charlatan. I think on paper, the fixtures are better. Next three, he's not going away. All that stuff I said earlier, he'll be on penalties. He'll definitely play when Son's away. And if he keeps up this form, there's no reason for him to come out of the team either. So I think basically the boat has been missed on Kudus and I would not transfer him in. If you've already done it, no problem. You just wait until game week 21 and deal with it. But anyone else, I just wouldn't get him. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on podcasts and enjoying the content, make sure to rate five stars as well. I'll be back tomorrow with team selection. We'll have final thoughts on Thursday plus a deadline stream. Thank you very much for watching. I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.